begins now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Empower Hour with Jerisha. I am your host, Jerisha Moore. A little bit about myself, I am a best-selling author with over 18 years of combined experience in education, finance, healthcare, business management, and development, owner and founder of Empower on Purpose, LLC, where we provide leadership training and personal and professional coaching and consulting services, certified coach, speaker, and trainer with the Don Maxwell team, and owner of a vision broadcasting radio station. Tonight, I want to highlight an upcoming event. Empowered Vision presents the Women in Red, hosted by Lala Hudson. So ladies, wear your best red dress. There will be some powerful speakers that will speak into your life no matter what path you're on. Whether you made it, you're stuck, trying to find self, need confidence, needing to know where to start your journey or dream, how to step into what needs to be, building self-esteem, and more. Ladies, this event will be all about you, the woman, the woman in red. There will be food, music, prizes, networking, vendors, and more. And yours truly, I am actually one of the six amazing speakers for the event. This amazing women's empowerment event is Sunday, September 29th at 5 p.m. at the Liberty Center, Saban Hall in Liberty Township. To get tickets or to find out more information, please call 513-658-9754. This is one event that you don't want to miss. So today's empowerment quote is the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any by Alice Walker. I really love this quote because at the end of the day, think about it this way. When a person can recognize that what actions they take in life can make a difference, they gain power because they move forward. When a person believes what they do has little to no effect on the outcome of the situation, they lose their power. So without further delay, today my guest is Hope Zavaria. Hope Zavaria is an inspirational speaker, yoga instructor, and trainer and creator of the Hope Process. Her background in mindful movement supports the yoga lifestyle. She moves her audiences seamlessly through her proprietary meditation process. Breathe, body, and believe are the pillars of Hope's mission that help others purposely excel. Her struggles with a life-threatening eating disorder and the loss of her first child led her led her to realize there is a purpose in all things and nothing happens without purpose. Hope has, hope has helped change thousands of lives over the last 15 years by spreading the message that no matter how hard life can get, you should never lose hope. Welcome, Hope. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. How are you this evening? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So if you could tell the listeners just a little bit more about your background and journey. Absolutely. Um, well, I just maybe I'll just start kind of where it all started. Um, I spent most of my life struggling with an eating disorder. And I grew up in an awesome home. Uh, unfortunately, one of my parents uh, was an alcoholic, is an alcoholic. And what I didn't know was I was learning and absorbing everything that my parents did and told us and also didn't tell us. And I think we as kids sometimes don't recognize the learning lessons that we're taking in, the ones that we aren't necessarily taught. 
And I found myself as a teenager struggling with an eating disorder and I body dysmorphia, uh, dabbling with drugs and alcohol, uh, cutting, just, I didn't feel like I had a voice. And I think for many people out there, as an adult, we don't feel like we have a voice. And yoga's taught me that that starts somewhere. And I struggled with an eating disorder for almost 15 years. And I found yoga then. I found yoga when I was about 17 years old. And I remember my first yoga class. Mm-hmm. I remember rolling up my mat and walking out the door and turning around and looking back in the classroom. And I noticed something I hadn't felt in years. The anxiety, the worry, the fear, the the restlessness was completely gone. And I had not remembered the last time I had felt that way. I could still feel that moment standing there in that doorway and looking back. And I was hooked. My Wednesday at yoga class, I tell people, became my weekly ritual of second chances. And if you've ever struggled with anything in life, we've all been there. Second chance times a million. <laughs> but I kept coming back, and it kept sprinkling hope into my life every single time I came to yoga. And, I mean, I wasn't practicing fancy yoga where they had, you know, meditative music on and, and we were in this, you know, yoga studio. I mean, I was going to a gym with what I call a gym rat teacher where she just took a weekend class to learn how to teach yoga. But at that time in my life, it was exactly what I needed because it got me to slow down it got me out of my head and into my body and it was something that I desperately needed at that time in my life and I still need every single day that's why I still love yoga so much fast forward a little bit I I practiced yoga for a while and eventually I married my high school sweetheart and the cars lined up I had a falling out with an employer where I was teaching yoga, living out of my car, teaching different places, that it pushed me enough to open my own yoga studio. And mm-hmm. I remember coming at night to now my husband and going, I'm done. I'm ready to open up my own business. And that night we drove around our town that we still live in today, and we found a space. And the next thing I knew, a month later, I had had my own yoga studio. And still struggling in recovery, a few months later, we got married, and then to our surprise, I found that I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. most parents, people are like, yay, I'm pregnant. But at that time in my life, I was just married. I was struggling to stay in recovery. I didn't want to be a parent. I was on, like, the four-year plan. Like, let's be married for a while, run my business, then I'll think about having kids. But we all know the universe always has different plans. And the universe really had a different plan for my husband and I. And on May 23rd, 2007, our tiny two-pound daughter, Faith, was born into this world. And 20 minutes later, she had died in my arms. Mm -hmm. And yoga, again, came into my life when everyone else thought I was going to crumble and relapse and lose it by by no means. I mean, I lost it. Grief is hard. But Mm -hmm. yoga, again, was the magic carpet that took me back to the space I needed to be in to work through that. And I still remember waking up one morning many months later, looking at myself in my bathroom mirror with wet eyes and saying to myself, get it together, Hope. 
There has to be something good in this. God and the universe would not take a life away from you, a precious life, an innocent life, without something good in it. And then something amazing started to happen. I started to see the blessings in her life. And I believe that her loss gave me life. I believe that she sacrificed her life so I could move forward with mine. And I still to this day can't wrap my head around it. Like, why me? Like, why Why did this happen? And I try not to dwell on it because she's given me so many blessings, but it's also reminded me of the power of purpose. Yeah. The power of purpose. And I believe that if you're here, if you're breathing, if you're on this earth, there is purpose for you. And if that purpose is fulfilled, those are those moments where we look out and it's like, the next thing I know, you know, something that happened in that person's life was taken or this happened. And, and I just have to believe because I've experienced it with my own eyes, my, my own my own blood, that we fulfilled our purpose in life. And through struggle, through tragedy, through loss, it's kind of brought me to where I am today, not only personally, but professionally as well. There's not much that I haven't been through at a young age that now has not played into who I am and why I am where I am today. Absolutely. That's that's powerful. Um, I, I want to go back just a little bit just to touch on how you said that yoga was really that magic carpet for you. Um, I'll tell you that I just recently had an opportunity to go see yoga, and I hadn't ever in the past. And I absolutely mm. loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was just, it was so nice just to really kind of pull away from everything. And, you know, this was a meditated type yoga. And so it was just so nice just to have that relaxation, you know, when there's so much other things happening outside of the yoga room or the studio. Um, just to have that time, just to really, you know, for me, it was the connecting and um, it was really spiritual and all of that. And so I think that's amazing how yoga has really, you know, been that magic carpet um, for you. Um, and so you, you know, literally helped thousands realize no matter how hard life is, you should never lose hope. Tell us more about that whole process and some of the ways you help others and not losing hope. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things, and, and I'll go back a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, I didn't really know what my process was. And for those of you that are in business that are listening, and someone asks what you do and how you help people, I knew how I helped people, but I never really thought about the process of it and what I was continually repeating, like a rinse and repeat with with student after student, client after client, follower after follower on social media, like what was my process? And someone asked me this one time and it really, for whatever reason, struck me. And I was in a mastermind at the time and we sat down and I really started looking at how I help people and what I do. And obviously my name is Hope and I feel like there's a reason for that. And I started looking into, okay, how do I help people? And I, three things came to mind. I talk a lot and teach a lot on breathing because breath is the first thing that you're given in this life and the last to be taken away. And on the yoga mat, it has become apparent to me over and over again, why is it that so many people wait until the last breath to decide that it's important? 
we've all been there where someone is someone is passing, someone is dying, and they say all these I wish I would have. Or I watched my grandmother pass before me. My I watched my daughter pass in my arms, and there's that <gasps> breath that they take. And why do we wait until the last breath to decide that we have value and that life is precious? And so in yoga, we teach, or I teach different breathing practices, and just the awareness to pay attention to your breath during the day. And then the second one is body. I believe that the body is the soul's last attempt to get us to listen. So many of us walk around this earth just kind of flailing around, like body parts just kind of moving monotonously, you know, unconsciously through the day. Maybe you've been there where it's like you wake up and you drive somewhere, point A to point B, and you don't even know how you got there. It's like, oh, my God, how did I know to turn on that street and push the gas pedal and turn on the car and do all these things? And, like, my mind was totally somewhere else. And yoga gave me this opportunity to feel in my body again because the whole point of addiction for many people, for me especially, was to not feel. So the less I would feel, the more accomplished I felt because that was the only thing I could control was food. And yoga had this way of both compassionately and assertively saying, you need to be in this moment. You need to be in your body. This is the only way for you to experience life fully. I call yoga the the incubator for everyday life. I've taught thousands of people. And when I say thousands, I mean thousands. And one of the things I recognize that's so unique is I can – pretty much tell the type of person someone is after just a one-hour yoga class based on their comfort level in the poses, how fidgety they are, how restless they are, how relaxed they are, um, how willing they are to try new things, how reluctant they are to try new things, because in yoga, there's no distractions. So people try to find ways to distract themselves. There's no pedestal or there's no coat to hide behind. You're exposed. You're raw on the yoga mat, and I think we all need that in life. And then finally is belief. And I'm not talking about your belief or your faith, and I'm also not talking about what you believe, like I believe in having good health, and I believe in, you know, certain child-rearing types of practices. I'm talking about the beliefs that you don't even know you have. And so one of the things that I discovered through all of my practice of yoga and meditation and mindfulness-type practices was that even though I was trying to sell forward and I was successful in business, my, my personal relationships were going well, I was moving through recovery without medication, and people were like, how are you doing this? One of the things I realized was I would get to a place, and it was almost like I was self-sabotaging myself, and I couldn't figure out why that was happening. And I realized the beliefs that I was holding on to, consciously and consciously, were both not as not as positive as you think. It was, I was dumb, fat, stupid, ugly. I was unworthy. And the unworthy one was big for me. I, I would get opportunities, and they would literally fall through my fingers because I didn't believe that I was worth it. After all I went through, I still didn't believe that. That was a core belief that was so embedded into me. And I see this all the time on the yoga mat and when I speak on stage and I just talk with people you know, off the street. So many of us, don't believe we truly have value. And for me, yoga has this just kind of gentle way. I use the analogy of a magic carpet to kind of come underneath us and say, you know, you're good enough. It's okay. 
believe in yourself. And this is not an overnight process, but it just has this gentle hand and gentle way of doing that. So the three Bs really encompass what now I call the whole process, helping others purposefully excel. And it's a way for us to find hope again, but not just hope, live our best life starting today. I love it. I absolutely love it. The three Bs help us live our best life. I absolutely love it. Um, I would love it if you would share a little bit more about the clients that you typically work with. I know you've mentioned that, you know, you speak and, um, and if you could share just a little bit more as far as, you know, your ideal client that you typically work with. Absolutely. So um, I started out as a yoga teacher and I've been teaching yoga for almost 20 years. And I really started teaching yoga mainly more for myself because it was helping me and I just felt compelled to want to teach. And over the last however many years, yoga has always been my platform, my, 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 my stage, so to speak. And in the last about five or so years, I started to flip my practice upside down, my, my teaching upside down. And we're now, I'm bringing in other stages and what I call my yoga toolbox, I'm taking that along for the ride. I'm trying to bring these elements of the whole process and what yoga has taught me to stages where other people wouldn't otherwise choose yoga. So I work with corporations that come in and teach a program called Employee Stress to Workplace Success, where I implement these types of principles. Um, I teach on women's stages. I teach at churches. Um, I have a radio show. Uh, and I actually own a business called Mother Trucker Yoga. Yes, you heard that correctly. <laughs> and I'm actually teaching <laughs> the principles to truck drivers. Uh, you wouldn't believe the struggle that so many truckers face, isolation, loneliness, um, lack of physical activity, not the ability to, to breathe, uh, cope with stress in different, in different circumstances. And so I'm bringing that now to that community. So Really, I'm, I'm stepping off the map because what I realized was there is a big part of the population not being served because they're either too intimidated, they don't feel like yoga is for them, they don't feel like they're flexible enough, they'll never match the pretty skinny girl with her foot on her head on Yoga Journal magazine. And this is no offense. Like, I, I'm thin-framed. I, you know, I, I can do those poses if I so choose. I, I don't a whole lot anymore because they don't really resonate a functional aspect and help me in everyday life. But um, there's a lot of people that can benefit from these tools in my toolbox that would never otherwise need a yoga mat. So that's really where I am today. Absolutely. So you mentioned that, you know, a lot of people don't normally – choose yoga why do you think that is because you know I, like I mentioned you know it's for years now I've had an opportunity you know I've been asked to go to yoga but I just never for whatever reason you know I would go to Zumba and you know do this high energy type you know workout and aerobic cardio type workout but I you know once I went I was like, what took me so long to actually come to yoga my experience was amazing so why do you really think that is, that, you know, people typically don't choose um, yoga? I know you mentioned yoga is intimidating, but what are some other reasons as to why you found that people don't choose yeah, yoga? Yeah, um, 
I've collected some thoughts over the years, <laughs> and I'm going to share some of them right now. Uh, I think there's a couple different reasons because I think we're all different types of people. Um, there is a big part of the population that is very type A, and I think for some of them, if they really slow down and think about why they don't want to go to yoga, it's scary to slow down. I, I literally, I just closed my yoga studio um, a month ago here so I could do more things off the yoga mat. And one of the calls I would frequently get would be, ring, 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 hello, hi, this is Hope at Copper Tree, how can I help you? And right away, it's, do you have power yoga? Do you have vinyasa yoga? Wow. Do you have hot yoga? If I say no, click. And I can tell right there, it is a type A going to type A. Think about the symbol yin yang. Okay, we all know that symbol. There's the black with the white dot and the white with the black dot. What this symbol tells us about life is that even if you are, let's say the white is type A, okay? Even if you're very high energy and you like to go fast and, and you like intense things, there's still a part of you that needs to be served by slowing down. And that person that's that very high energy, very go, 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 supplementing your idea of relaxation or self-care with something at that very high energy level is not serving you long-term. We see people all the time burn out, um, get sick, get cancer, whatever. You know, and they're like, why does this happen? How does this happen? I mean, you're not serving that little dot within you. And the same goes the other way. You know, we can be really lethargic, we're very slow moving, and our data, we call it kappa. You know, we need some energy. You need to go out for a jog. You need to go to Zumba. And I don't think a lot of people understand that matching. So I think there's, there's that aspect. Um, I think for a lot of people, and this is a, something I've heard before, is I need to get more flexible. And my response is, how else do you plan on becoming more flexible other than coming to yoga? Look, <laughs> 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 yeah, what, what other practice screams flexibility more than yoga? Weightlifting, running, I mean, what's your plan here? So, so I, I've heard that, and I'm actually very frequently. Um, and I think for men, a big component is I don't want to be the only guy, and they know that they need it. But again, there's that internal fear of, you know, what if I'm not good at it? What if I'm not good at yoga? And people are going to see me. I hear that from students often. Like, people are going to be looking at me. I'm like, honey, they are so worried about their own self. They don't have time to look at you all for me up in the front of the room. They're worried about falling over. They're worried about how am I going to get my foot? Uh, uh, two feet behind me without tipping over. Like, they don't have time to look at you, and they don't care. You know, the world is not all around you, and I mean that so nicely, and I joke about that with students. Like, honey, you don't have to worry. I, it, this is about you, and that's what I love about yoga is people come together to practice themselves, practice on them, work on them, but it's in a community environment. I think that's what's so cool about yoga. It's like all about you. You have this mat. I call it an incubator. It's like your magic carpet. Everything that stays on the mat is yours. You know, don't, don't go off of it. But yet you're with a room full of people that have a similar purpose, that have a similar want, a similar need, a similar drive. And there's this unconscious action of supporting each other 
and encouraging each other because it's like, oh, hey, here's this lady that looks kind of like me, my body type, or, you know, she has three kids, I have three kids, or, hey, here's this dude that, you know, is similar to what I am, and then you see them trying, it's like, oh, I got to try harder too, not to beat them, but you're inspired by them. So we all need an environment like that in our lives. And I know there's many styles of yoga out there, many of them I don't agree with, but the kind of yoga that I teach asks you to self-reflect, asks you to take a breath, asks you to be aware of your body and listen to your body and move your body and explore your body, and asks you to take a chance and do something different. And the hope is that you take those things off your yoga mat into your life. And I share my practice that way because that's what yoga did for me. And if you can help someone that is both incredibly broken and met rock bottom probably more than the average person ever will, it can help anybody. Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. So what would you say is the most challenging aspect of your, your business? Mm, good question. I think for my business is right now, um, there's really kind of two different things. Um, management of tasks. I have a small team that helps me, but I could definitely multiply them by five. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and making sure I continue with quality outreach to my clients, because there's some days where I'm writing blog posts for myself and other, other sites, um, or I'm working on programs, and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to connect with my audience that wants these things. And so sometimes I have to really make sure I'm in check with myself. When I get up in the morning, I write what I have to do. I kind of outline my day and prioritize that way so I fit those things in because they're the reason why I do what I do and not just me and the other stuff. The second thing, and this goes back to being in recovery from an eating disorder and addictive tendencies, is I have time for myself scheduled in. I go for a walk every day outside. I have my own short little yoga practices through the day, five minutes here, ten minutes there. I get up and stretch. I have some time for either deep breathing or meditation, and I have time with quality time with my kids. Like, those are non-negotiables that I actually build in. And I think a lot of people would be better served if they also think of those things as being scheduled in. Uh, and actually someone, one of my past teacher trainers who was a therapist, brought that up in conversation one day in our yoga teacher training, and it just really struck me that I was like, wow, I never thought about giving myself permission to schedule in self-care, to schedule in family mm-hmm. that I was always like, oh, that means I'm like way too busy and I'm doing things that don't matter. And the way that she brought it up was like, oh, if you don't schedule it in, it will never happen. And oh my gosh, was she right. The second I started putting that stuff in my little calendar, it started happening 90% more often than it was before. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, the fact of, you know, we get so busy, there's so many different things that are pulling us so many different directions. And so it is so important to actually be able to schedule that time in. You know, I know for myself um, and my kids, we typically will sit down on Sundays and just plan out the whole week. And so there's very much a part of that process. And, you know, scheduling that time with the kids and, you know, those date nights with kids and everything else, that's so important. And as you mentioned, the self-care as well. 
So what would you say has been the biggest accomplishment for you up to this point? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, probably first and foremost is not just moving into recovery, but surviving the eating, an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I'm sharing that is because I know more people than I can count on my fingers and toes that have been struggling with addiction for 20, 30, 40 years. And I refused to be that person. I wanted to break the cycle that had gone through so many generations before me because I wanted to live a life worth living. And as I shared with you before, I I had whatever seed was planted in me to move through recovery without medication. Now, that was my journey. I know not everyone is able to do that, and that's okay. But I wanted to be able to feel everything and come out on the other side that if I can do this, anybody can. And that was a huge driving force for me. So I would say that was probably one of my biggest struggles, and I try to revisit that frequently in meditation and my quiet prayer time because it reminds me of where I've been. A lot of people say never look back. I say look back because sometimes we forget how far we've come. And if all we're doing is looking forward and seeing how far we have to go, and we look a little to the right and a little to the left, and we see, oh, look what she's doing. Wow, she's so successful. And, oh, look at him. How does he get all those contacts? And, and how is he selling all those programs so quickly? And, and, and we start feeling like we suck. We forget all of the things that we have overcome and made through and learned and achieved. And if we never look back, we forget all of that. And so for me, I remind myself, that I survived an eating disorder and how horrific it really was and how much I was really struggling and how hard it really was because that reminds me that if I can get through that and I'm losing my daughter and the pain that I went through with that and how I still managed to move forward, if I can do that, my gosh, some business stealing clients from me or my computer, you know, I literally lost my whole uh, application for my state vocational school when I started a yoga teacher training several years ago. I lost, like, it deleted off my computer, and I was not one it. I was crying, and like, hope. this is a small problem. Uh-huh. You have been through way worse than this. So look back, my friends. Uh-huh. So for me, it was, it was surviving an eating disorder. I love that look back. I think reflection is so important, and as you mentioned, you know, I think oftentimes we forget because of whatever is, you know, happening in our life right at that moment, we forget that, you know, we're, we're, you know, what we overcame and some of the things and the challenges and obstacles that we went through. Um, so, I, you know, I definitely think that just that whole look back, I absolutely love that. It's, it's so important, um, such an important piece in our journey, you know, to even, you know, to look back at the past. Um, you know, of course, focus on the present and the future, but that past really, truly, you know, is what helped us to get to the point that we are, are at. So can you talk a little bit about staying calm in the chaos and self-care lessons mm-hmm. for busy moms and share a few tips with the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, staying calm in the chaos is something I literally have turned into a mantra for myself. I have three children, <laughs> and I, I primarily work from home. And I travel, and my husband travels, and, and things get chaotic. 
And with five people in a household, it's, as we all know, whether it's five, ten, or two, you know, it's a lot sometimes. And so one of the biggest things that I find is really helpful for me is to stop, and I know this sounds so basic, and we've probably heard this before, but reality is, if we think it's silly, it's probably because we're not doing it, is to just stop in that moment, whatever's going on, and take a breath. And I know this sounds so redundant to what everyone is always saying, but here's the thing. I had kids, and I was struggling with an eating disorder and recovery and and still grieving the loss of my daughter and moving forward. And I knew all this stuff. I was practicing yoga and teaching yoga, like, 18 classes a week, for gosh sake. Like, this was, like, coming out of my ears. But, yeah, I wasn't practicing it in my everyday life. I wasn't bringing it into the situations where I actually needed it most. And so I started with that first beat. I started with breathing, where I would be angry or I'd be upset or I'd be frustrated. Even just the other day, my 11-year-old son, I was, like, ready to punch him in the face. I can't believe I'm saying this on a radio show. He was just annoying the crap out of me, being a teenager. And I was like, you will not stop. And I was about to say something that I would regret Things that my father said to us that, like, really ignored me, and I stopped, and I was just like, if I just say this, I'm going to feel so much better, but I was like, don't do it, hope. and I literally stepped back from him, and I stepped back, and I just took a breath, a loud, vocal breath, he could see I was diffusing myself, and he could hear I was diffusing myself, and I was like, let's start over, Harper. I'm sharing this because one, I'm all about small, simple changes because if big, huge leaps of faith worked, well, more than 8% of people that have New Year's resolutions would actually stick with them. And so I'm all about one brick at a time. And that's really how I built myself through recovery was like one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time, one week at a time, and so on and so forth, one change at a time. And as parents, we have all that mom guilt. We feel like we have to do everything. You know, we're, we're not having these dream dinners where everyone's sharing around the dinner table. What a wonderful day they had and how great it was. And everyone's smiling like, that only happens on Leave it to Beaver, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you swear at your children in the car that they better behave or else. Like, that is the only time that stuff happens, okay? And if I were giving myself permission... To have a reality check that this is my reality, my family is messy, we're very free-flowing, like we have busy schedules, we have time for it to be together, but it's, you know, in all different ways. Sometimes we eat on the go, sometimes we eat at a table, sometimes we eat at a picnic on the floor, like whatever it is. Sometimes I'm just happy that they're eating, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the idea of stopping and taking a breath when you actually do it and you're conscious of it and you're aware of what's going on while you do it, and then you open your eyes and look at that situation in front of you after that very conscious 10-second breath, it is amazing how your entire perspective changes on the situation in front of you. And I cannot tell you the number of times that just one breath has saved me from damaging my kid's spirit. Same thing regret my husband. Losing it on my assistant because 
She didn't read an email correctly. One breath. And it reminds me of where I've been, and it reminds me that other people may be going through the same things, and that I owe them a little bit of grace and gratitude for showing up for me and showing up for themselves. And it's amazing what one breath can do for a perspective on not only the situation in front of you, but the situation that we're all in in this thing called life. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good stuff. I absolutely love that. And I have to say, I truly understand. I have four. So I definitely <laughs> understand. I have two teenagers. Our kids can definitely push those buttons. No! Every single well, and, and I think for a lot of people, you know, for those who are listening, it's like I could tell you some fancy breath practice or I could tell you that I sit and meditate every morning for 20 minutes or I do whatever. But here's the thing. I'm a real person with a real life, real struggles, where real humans interact with me a lot during the day. That's just not my real. And when I, when I had my first child 11 years ago, my yoga teacher said to me, because I was struggling, how am I going to keep a yoga practice? How am I going to meditate every day? And she didn't have children, but she looked at me and she said, Hope, you're a mom now. And it's not about you sitting and meditating for 20 minutes once or twice every day. It's not about getting to the yoga mat and checking that box off. It's about you consciously showing up for somebody else, a life that needs you and nurturing them, and caring for them, and taking care of yourself in any way you can in order to move forward in life. And that changed me forever. That permission to not have to, like, do all of these things that the celebrities are like, oh, my God, like, I go to the gym every day. That's because they have five nannies. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So today the empowerment quote for um for the day was the most 
common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any, by Alice Walker. What does this quote truly mean to you? Mm, I like this quote. And I thought about it before the show, and then you had shared it at the beginning of the show as well. The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Mm-hmm. I gave up power for most of my life, and I didn't even know I was giving it away. And in that mix, I didn't even realize I had power to give away. And so this quote means to me is that in that moment when that exchange happens, that we value someone else's life more than our own. Mm-hmm. This quote resonates with me, especially in business, because most of my business career, most of my professional career, um, if you want to call it that, for lack of better terms, I was constantly thinking everybody else was further along, better. I would obsess about the thing that they're doing and I'm not. And every time I did that, I took the energy that I could be putting into bettering myself, and I was wasting it on them. I was actually giving it to them. I was actually fueling their fire rather than feeling my own. And so I think for a lot of us, we get caught in that, in that paradigm of obsessing and focusing and, and giving our energy, giving our power away to somebody else, and they just take it and run with it. So we're actually helping them. And sometimes it's like they're the person that we least want to help. And so I, I, this quote resonates because when I realized I was doing that, and I started putting the shutters up, and I started like just looking at my own path and not all of theirs, all of a sudden I had all of this creative energy, I had the time, I had the, the want, and I wasn't so bogged down by fear of, of kind of being being behind everybody else when I stopped giving my power away. Wow. That's, that's, that's definitely powerful. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. I think that, you know, often I think as women, we have a tendency, to, you know, to just hand over, you know, as you mentioned, we hand over that power so much, even, you know, with the comparison of, you know, other people, as you mentioned. Um, we're so quick to want to compare ourselves to other people and thinking that they made it, you know, further or, oh, this person is successful, this person has this, this person has that. And we get so tied up in, you know, as you mentioned, that energy that we're, we're giving our own power away versus keeping it for ourselves and really taking that energy and focusing on what we, what we can be doing for ourselves, you know, for ourselves, for our kids, for our business. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's so important. This is actually one of my favorite quotes. Um, mm-hmm. what, is, what is one piece of advice you would give our listeners on how they can empower their own growth and success journey? Mm. All right, I got a good one for you. So the one piece of advice I would give all the listeners today on how they can empower their own growth and success on the journey that they're on is to just pay attention to themselves. Be selfish. Be selfish in your goals. Be selfish in what you want, where your dreams are, and get obsessed. And I mean this. I'm going to give you a disclaimer on this. What I mean is just go all for it. And when people start saying, well, you're so busy all the time, or, wow, why are you so driven, or why are you so paying attention, then you know you're on the right path. You know you're on the right track. 
and you know that's where you should be going. I recognized something in the last year or two, and I'm a very driven person, and I have big goals, like big goals, big dreams that make people uncomfortable. They almost make, make myself uncomfortable. And when people aren't comfortable with that, they try to hold you back. They try to distract you. They try to bring you down to their level so that they don't have to grow, so that they don't have to step up to the plate. And so my suggestion is put your blinders up, be obsessed, focus on you. And when what you're going towards in the end helps the greater good and helps more people, reaches, reaches whoever it is that it's supposed to reach, it's never selfish. It's never selfish. Because what you're doing is focusing on the gifts and talents that you've been given in this life, and your planning and your intention is to use them fully. That's not a selfish thing. But it is a selfish thing when you don't use those talents, and you don't use those gifts to the best of your ability, when you just let them go away. So it's perspective. And the second I made that flip in my brain a year or two ago, not only my business excelled more, but I was less stressed. I was less obsessed about other people. I wasn't focusing so much on them. I just put my blinders up, and I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And no, I don't care about your opinion. Thank you. Um, but there's people that need to hear what I have to say. There's people that need my gifts and talents, and I intend to reach them. But I can't reach them if I'm constantly over here and over there and, and trying to be everything for everybody. Absolutely. And listening to everything that, you know, some of the negatives, you know, can speak for that from our own, you know, people, people that we come in contact with, even some of our closest friends, oftentimes will, you know, really discourage us or, you know, not understand our mission, not understand our passion, and, you know, truly just speak down towards what we're focused on. So that's, that's good. That's a really powerful, um, powerful tip that you, you know, share with the listeners. So please share with uh, with us what's coming up on the horizon for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I shared, I own a company called Mother Tripper Yoga, and I actually this month I'm going on a small truck stop tour, um, reaching truckers right where they are at the truck stop, sharing movement, breathing, uh, ways for them to implement more practices, healthy practices like that in their life. But um, in my day-to-day business, Hosadora, um, the whole process, I'm on several different stages coming up in the next couple of months. So I kind of have a, a back-to-back going with that. I'm on a couple of stages for some nonprofits that focus on grief and recovery. I'll be speaking at the um, New York Recovery and Addiction Conference in October, the 22nd. And I will be out in Utah for um, a retreat. I'll be co-leading a retreat uh, out in Utah on holistic health and mindfulness and movement. So it'll be a good time. So, yeah, a couple things coming up on the horizon. Um, and then also my radio show, Daily Dose of Hope, on Thursday mornings at 9 Central Time on Chrome and Steel Radio. But uh, I just I want to reach as many people as I can to show them that no matter how hard life gets, they should never lose hope and how one small, simple change can impact your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story and journey. Please share um, how the listeners can actually stay connected with you and support your efforts. 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, thank you, first of all, again, for having me on the show. Uh, I always love talking with like-minded individuals, and this was really fun tonight. So thank you so much for having me on. You You can find me on hopezavara.com. So that's Z as in Zebra, Z as in Victor, A-R-A.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can check me out there. You can also find me over at mothertrapperyoga.com. Same thing, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I do a lot of uh, what I call my daily dose of hope. So I do some Facebook lives and both on movement and just on my own life philosophy. So you can find me there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's truly been an honor and a pleasure to have you as a guest on the show. I will tell you that I have learned so much about yoga um, tonight. And I absolutely love yoga. And I would encourage all of the listeners, if you've never been to yoga, to absolutely try it because it's amazing. Again, thank you so much. Oh, I was going to say, I'm excited to hear more about your journey because you're a new yoga. I hope to connect back with you and hear more positive things about your experience. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I'm going to be going to yoga tomorrow. One of my uh, friends just invited me to um, outside yoga, and I've never done that before. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, to that. And I'm, you know, taking my, my daughters along with me. So I think it'll be a fun, fun experience for, for all of us. Nice. Absolutely. So, so I, I just want to, you know, take the time just to thank you again. And I definitely wish you much success and blessings that you continue on your journey. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to, to tonight's show with our special guest, Hope Savaria. Hope shares her amazing story and journey to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success. And she also encouraged us all to pay attention to self, be selfish on your goals, be selfish on your dreams, and get obsessed and go for it all. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, starting your own radio show or low-cost advertising, highlighting your book, business, or event, please email envisionb at empoweronpurpose.com. Please tune in next week where you will hear an amazing story and journey from another leader, influencer, and motivator. Until next time, be blessed. Listening to the Empower Hour with Jerisha, where Jerisha speaks with leaders, influencers, and motivators who share their journeys in personal and professional growth, empowerment tips, lessons learned, and keys of success that will empower you to be your best self. Follow Jerisha on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jerisha Moore and visit EmpowerOnPurpose.com. And remember to be intentional and be empowered and have a great day on purpose. Yeah.